Hi everyone, welcome to A Mobile Mentor. Jay Shetty once said, anyone can be your mentor. It's just a matter of learning from someone else's story. So with that, this is a podcast about navigating life on the move, whether it's from England to abroad, teenhood into adulthood, or personal and professional transitions, all wrapped up in the modern world of change. So take what you need, find your own way, and be happy doing it. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Mobile Mentor Um, and as you might have heard from my most recent episode, Brown Mind Body has migrated to this name and everything that it stood for stays the same and stands for stays the same. It's all about unearthing who you are, finding out what's possible, thinking about all the corners of yourself in order to create a life that is more fulfilling and less uh, anxiety filled and um, a bit more suited to what you need in your life. So yeah, that still stands. This is the second episode. And how I wanted to bring in the second episode was to talk about some of my the favorite quote, the favorite quotes I've heard lately. And I've been doing a lot of reading around passion, creativity, how to really amp up, you know, what you love to do in your spare time, but also it could be for work. So it's kind of all wrapped up in like doing what's calling you. And I know calling is such it can be such an inaccessible word for many people, but how I could explain this is doing what what's calling you is all about doing that thing that like you wake up and think, I'd love to do that today, or you have an urge to spend your time doing it, or you're drawn to something, or when you think of like your future, it's kind of in it. So it can take many forms. It doesn't have to be one thing. Um, I found that usually calling is rooted in a personal mission or a personal driver. And just to offer an example here, um, let's say someone's calling is to cure something. They feel like they they have the urge to like switch something up to have a better kind of outcome. Um, they want to cure something. Or another person's mission um, is to um, represent what a, a group of people need in this day and age, you know, stand for something. And this kind of, this calling can um, be of many forms rooted in that personal driver. So for example, um, taking the cure thing, um, obviously, we might jump to being like, oh, I'm in the medical field, I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, um, that's how I show up and that's my calling. Or how to cure something could also be like, I want to cure, um, I want to help people cure their fear of getting outside and maybe they're an art therapist, you know. Or maybe they like doing um, art therapy with a small group of people in their community on the side of their main career, which is maybe they're a lawyer. So here I'm trying to articulate that. This episode isn't all about vocation, it can just be how your lifestyle is curated, what is filling you up in your days, how to make more of that feeling, how to identify, you know, your callings, how to identify passions, and also um, debunking that kind of thought about passion being your only thing and you should drive towards that because that's not necessarily what many of us feel and what and many of us can access. And also talking around hobbies and, yeah, um, how to identify things that are important to you that might not be your one thing, but still you want to put more of that in your life. So it's kind of an open, very open episode, but I think you'll get very a great deal of value from it. I am, I'm reading books like Steal Like an Artist um, by Austin Cleon, and that was a bestseller. Um, I'm also reading a book called Stop Making Sense by Michael... Michael J. Fanuel, I've got it in front of me just to reference correctly, um, and doing a lot of research online and reading back into my blog history, reading um, into podcasts I've been listening to on creativity and just kind of life, including Jay Shetty, Tony Robbins. Um, yeah, there's a bunch. So I'll reference them when I go through them, but I really hope you take value from this episode. 
So first I want to bring up this idea of passion and we hear a lot on the internet and in hearsay and in kind of history I think in modern history that it's like you should follow your passion, you should find your passion, you should fully lean into your passion, if you want to have a job that you love for life you should make it your passion or it should be rooted in your passion and I find this has been something I've struggled with for a while as a very ambitious, driven, creative, hungry person. Um, I want um, my life to be so fulfilling. I want work to be more than just a nine to five and more than just a paycheck. I want my hobbies to be filling me up to the utmost um, level. Um, and I want every bit of my time used to make me feel like, oh, I've had a really great day full of the things I love. And I know this is a really hard bar to set for myself, but I don't think it's an uncommon thing um, in many of us especially the passion thing like we I think many of us can say that we felt that pressure of like having to find our passion or having to find our thing and it's not necessarily the case for us and what gave me a bit of peace of mind around this was recently listening to a TED talk um, that was called the source of creativity and one section with the writer Elizabeth Gilbert who was the author of Eat Pray Love um, came up and she offered a really great bit of insight that kind of like let me just rest into myself gave me an ah feeling and just made me think, you know what, you're right. So I want to share it with you because it might lessen the pressure of trying to find your passion and like running towards that because it's not necessarily the case for many of us. So she said, and I've paraphrased heavily here, but I just want to summarize it in kind of my own words, that people that have a passion will already likely know they have a passion. Like it's like a flaming beacon of fire that you're kind of like constantly drawn to. You're like, you can't ignore it. It's there in your life. You're constantly hooked to it. It's all you can think about. It's something that fills you up so much you can't, yeah, you can't think of anything else. It's pure, it's like there in your existence, like a slap in the face. <laughs> um, and she said, but for the other like portion of us who have been told and who are still kind of find, like trying to find a passion or have been told to like keep looking for your passion, that can be tricky if you haven't had that sensation, if it hasn't been that big draw for you. And this is definitely um, like a personal sensation for me. It's so hard and intimidating to kind of, put that bar in to be like find your passion that sometimes you feel so disheartened and almost like a failure like you're not you haven't found it yet so maybe you're just a bit more worthless than the people who have their passions and who are living into it but um to offer some solace and some comfort she was like follow your curiosities instead if you don't know that you have a passion just lean into what is making you curious what interests you and just like it's not a bad thing at the end of the day it's not like a second best it's just like an alternative way to fill your time and fill your life because if you think back at if you get to like, you know, 10 years down the line, 30 years down the line, or you look back at your life, following your curiosities is not a bad way to live. In fact, it sounds really fulfilling. So when she offered this insight, I was like, I think I'm going to start doing that. It's taken the pressure of things. I haven't found one core passion, but what I have found is that I know there's bits of me that like to be filled up with problem solving and idea generation. And that comes across a lot in my job, working as a writer in um, the brand advertising world. But a big portion of me is what I would say kind of my calling is I'm wanting to help people like I want to use my presence and my skills and other parts of who I am to like unlock something in someone else which is kind of happening here which is why I use this podcast space and my blog space to do to do that and um I find that like it's a matter of juggling juggling the things I need in my life and like portioning them out in my time um and instead of having that one central passion that's like, it's my 24-7, I think I have probably like three that I'm juggling to fill up the different parts of myself. Um, but what's interesting here is that I'm moving now, segueing on to kind of calling and like doing what is calling to you, which I find can be a bit different to passion because passion is quite an intense sensation. 
So callings, I find from this is purely from my experience of now being 29 and navigating my own self and navigating the working world and trying like 4,000 different things like internships, courses, um, degrees to find what and who I am. Calling, I think, is something that you wake up and you're just like, I need to do it or this needs to be my egg legacy or this is what I want to be known for at the end of it all you know like this is what's really important to me that maybe I haven't yet lived into or maybe it's coming in my future or I'm working up to it I don't know how but that's what I'm feeling that's what the sensation underneath it all is like what I'm sitting on and I can kind of like liken it to a bit of intuition that sensation where it's like this wise low humming kind of like voice inside you that's like this is what you need to do or this is what you wake up and you've got like the urge to do or if you had an ideal world that's what you'd be doing and how that it comes to life and the form it services as is completely up to you that I find that bit of it is um, ever-changing with the world um, obviously technology the internet um, current society has opened up a plethora of things that we can do and things we can be now um, different to before so I think that calling can come out in different ways and in different stages of your life or it can evolve and shift but at the end of the day it's always rooted in that kind of like personal driver which I've just kind of explained so um what I want to share here is that it can be super difficult to identify both those things but you shouldn't worry because it doesn't mean it's the be all and end all so just take the pressure of yourself just kind of start acknowledging what that personal driver or that calling might be um now my personal driver has kind of been um, to help people and I know that's such a broad statement and this is why I want to clarify a bit more about um, understanding your personal driver and helping you narrow it, narrow it down so it becomes clearer as to what it should be and how it should come out as in the world. So let me just have a look at what I noted down. So yeah, helping people being a broad statement. So what made me have that trigger moment to making it really narrowed down and what I really so I could understand what it was I wanted to be and who I wanted to be was I listened to a Deliciously Ella podcast episode. Um, it was from a while back, but it's still so relevant today. And the episode was called Happiness is a Choice. And she being a wellness kind of like persona, someone who's um, started her own like vegan food or vegan and healthy op- alternative food chain that's now kind of blown up in London, England. If you haven't heard of her, she's worth um, a research, but her and her husband do this episode and interview guests about kind of their wellness experiences and what they can bring to the table and share as insights. She was talking to a host and I think the host had gone through something super painful regarding their parents and they had lost a family member and lost a parent through um, a really bad experience of cancer. And what they shared was that um, how they decided to live into their kind of calling and find out what they wanted to do and spend their time as. Um, was using their own story and their own past to translate what's happened to them into something that unlocks something great for something else, someone else and for other people. And that trigger quote was just like mind blown moment, uh, mind blown emoji. I was like, yes, like that's so true. What we should be standing in um, and in order to identify a kind of calling and personal drivers is what has happened to us that really stands out as like a pivotal thing in our life? What has what is like niggling in the back of your history that can come forward that you passionately kind of want to raise to the surface and like make a difference with or um, lean into, you know, what is that for you? What's part of your past is really prevalent. And so my helping people went from a broad statement to, uh, where did I write it? 
take a look. Sorry about this, I just really want to find what I've written and it's quite nice. Um, helping people find their thing and make sense of who they are in order to create a more fulfilling and less unsettled life. So just like living more into what feels really great when you wake up and less of, less of that like, ah, this doesn't feel so good, I don't know why, why am I feeling this, I don't really know what direction to take, I don't really know um, what, like, what that pressure is, how to deal with that. So like all of that is encapsulated in my kind of line. So that's like, ooh, I can feel that as my like personal driver and my calling is like, I need to create something that does this. So yeah. An example being here, I'm in podcast mode, but also I can feel that shifting now to be more prevalent in my later life. And I want to make more of it. Like, how else is it going to show up? What other form can I bring this to? So, yeah, it's been a food for thought process. I wanted to share my personal story with you just to offer some insight into how I'm getting there. Because it's been a long road. Um, at 21, at 18, I was like maybe like a 16th of the way there and I feel so much closer to it now. It's just been a practice of trial and error and, and again, like following my curiosities, a bit like Elizabeth Gilbert's um, advice. Uh, I tried writing um, in an editorial sense for a while, did internships with magazines, um, graphic design internships. Uh, I did architecture. I tried more theoretical architecture, like um, analysing cities and problem solving there. And then I landed in brand world and advertising and I was working as a creative in an advertising agency. And I was like, oh, this feels quite great. Um, it was kind of quenching my thirst for that like excitement, that stimulating environment, that like, you know, pushing forward to something as a group, that goal, that like teamwork, that community um, in an exciting manner that was quite glamorous. So at the time, I think that was more important to me, that like glamour of industry. And I nurtured all my my creative skills that way and that thinking about the world, like how do I communicate a message to the world? What do the people who are out there need to hear? What do, what would like make them, what would change their behaviour? And it was a fascinating realm for me. So what I'm noticing is that it's still part of my kind of calling, but in a different way that has possibly less of that like help, on the less of the help undertone. So I want to use this last part to cover some of my favourite quotes from the book Still Like an Artist by Austin Cleon, which I mentioned in the beginning. And I'm going to bring up some pictures that I took from the pages that really meant something to me. Um, so the first one that stood out was um, page 13. It's called Garbage In, Garbage Out. And the author says, the artist is a collector, not a hoarder. Mind you, there's a difference. Hoarders collect indiscriminately Artists collect selectively. They only collect things that they really love. There's an economic theory out there that if you take the incomes of your five closest friends and average them, the resulting number will be pretty close to your own income. I think the same thing is true for your idea incomes. You're only going to be as good as the stuff you surround yourself with. His mum used to say to him, garbage in, garbage out. It used to drive him nuts, but now he knows what she meant. So what I think is really important here is like, what's in your life and who's in your life and what you're surrounding yourself with most of the time who are you surrounding yourself with most of the time because they will be all of them averaged will be you you are the average you are the product of all the energy and all that stuff so I think it's really important to analyze where your time's going is it lifting you up is it making you heavy is it pulling you down what do you need to do to make sure you feel light to feel you have a really strong 
community that support you that understand you where you don't have to use your emotional time to justify anything or like you have to like make space for other people more than they make space for you which means it's cutting into your time and yeah like reevaluate what's happening in your life now because if you don't it might just be the case of like you're not living to the person you should be you know you're not like taking that opportunity to culture cultivate something that is really important to you because you're spending time or perhaps wasting time on things that aren't giving you that return and giving you that like space to be um the most productive most creative to explore your curiosities so yeah have a think about that i know it's harder to it's harder to do than say because some things are obligatory 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 (laughs) but yeah um next point he says your job is to collect good ideas the more good ideas you collect, the more you can choose from to be influenced by. So a quote that he's quoted is this. Steal from anywhere that resonates with your inspiration or fuels your imagination. Devour old films, new films, music, book, books, paintings, photographies, photographies, photographs, poems, dreams, random conversations, architecture, bridges, street signs, trees, clouds, bodies of water, light and shadows. Select only things to steal from the from that speak directly to your soul if you do this your work and your stealing will be authentic and that quote was by jim jamush jamush and what i want to talk about here is that this writer this thinker is saying take inspiration from anywhere steal inspiration from anywhere and allow the ones that resonate with you personally based on your like life your past your history what speaks to you the most and follow that and like cultivate more of that so it's again it's like choosing what's around you um but then being selective um what's really important what's standing out you don't have to like take everything in you don't have to try and do everything you don't have to like research everything it's just research as much as you can from different sources and then things that like oh that seemed to you know spark something more then follow them and use them and learn from them and like take the inspiration from there because it's clearly your your body and your mind and your soul is clearly telling you like this is the important stuff so listen to those sensations um let's go for another one okay seeing yourself as part of a creative lineage will help you feel less alone as you start making your own stuff i hang pictures of my favorite artists in my studio they're like the friendly ghosts i can almost feel them pushing me forward as i'm hunched over my desk the great thing about dead the The great thing about dead or remote masters is that they can't refuse you as an apprentice. You can learn whatever they want. You can learn whatever you want from them. They left their lesson plans in their work. So this is great because it's a bit like having mood boards or things that inspire you around in the space that you're, you know, cultivating your passions in or cultivating your hobbies in or cultivating the things you like doing in. So whether you're a sports person, an artist, um, someone who's who loves maths and arithmetic, um, someone who's really into tech and coding someone who's an engineer, how can you learn from the masters in your field and then put them around you? Like surround yourself with that energy that's going to spur you forward. Like use them as a reference, a springboard, so that you get into that state of mind when you're in the room or you're in that space where you're doing that thing. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, Yeah, another thing to ladder back to, like that stealing point. This is page 33. The author says, start copying. Nobody is born with a style or a voice. We don't come out of the womb knowing who we are. In the beginning, we learn by pretending to be our heroes. We learn by copying. We talk about, we're talking about practicing here, not plagiarism. 
Plagiarism is trying to pass someone else's work off as your own. Copying is about reverse engineering. It's like a mechanic taking apart a car to understand how it works. So yeah, this is all about taking in the world, practicing copying, but then understanding where you come through in it all. So it's like you can only learn about yourself and your own style and your own voice of doing anything by the work, you know, the great work of others. So whether it's a sportsman, again, like I said, what do they do? What moves do they do in the boxing ring? How do they train for the biggest swim of their life? Take those same moves and the same bits of advice. Try them yourself. If it doesn't feel right, how can you adapt those best bits to suit you based on your, like, maybe body makeup or um, how your mind thinks? How do you adapt that, the greats, to you being great? Right, let's go for last one. This is page 27, which is a nice note to end it on, is make things know thyself. The author says, if I'd waited to know who I was or what I was about before I started being creative, well, I'd still be sitting around trying to figure myself out instead of making things. In my experience, it's in the act of making things and doing our work that we figure out who we are. You're ready, start making stuff. You might be scared to start, that's natural. There's this very real thing that runs rampant in educated people, it's called imposter syndrome. And what I love about this is just encouraging anyone, wherever they are, in whatever stage of their journey they are, is just start doing the thing that you bloody love. Um, what is, like, really interesting you, interesting, interesting you right now? I think that's how you say it. What's, like, lighting you up? What's, what are you excited about after you come back from school, from work, like, when you wake up in the morning? Do you want to go try something new that you've heard about? Do you want to, like, put pen to paper? What is that thing that you're like, I want to start, um... Just start. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to plan everything. You don't have to know exactly if you're going to be good yet. You don't have to know exactly who you are. Just start doing and making. Um, pick up a camera, buy the camera, start shooting. Um, you're ready. I really like this. And I should have heard this advice long ago because I'm of the mindset too that everything needs to be perfect and done and set out and planned before you can start. And I've just kind of waited a bit too long. I wish I'd started this curiosity journey sooner and then found where I want to be sooner but hey um you always have 2020 vision and hindsight so this is my gift to you start now hi all thank you so much for listening to the mobile mentor podcast if you did really enjoy yourself please hit the subscribe button we are available on all podcast platforms and if you want some more nuggets of wisdom follow us on instagram we're at the mobile mentor or one word if you want to send us an email with your thoughts and ideas or suggestions we're at mobile mentor podcast at gmail.com cheers